Reading this morning from Isaiah three sixteen through 4, 6. The Lord says, The women of Zion are haughty, walking along with outstretched necks, flirting with their eyes, tripping along with mincing steps, with ornaments jingling on their ankles. Therefore, the Lord will bring sores on the heads of the women of Zion. The Lord will make their scalps bald. In that day, the Lord will snatch away their finery, the bangles and headbands and crescent necklaces, the earrings and bracelets and veils, the headdresses and ankle chains and sashes, the perfume bottles and charms, the signet rings and nose rings, the fine robes and the capes and cloaks, the purses and mirrors, and the linen garments and tiaras and shawls. Instead of fragrance, there will be a stench. Instead of a sash, a rope. Instead of well-dressed hair, baldness. Instead of fine clothing, sackcloth. Instead of beauty, branding. Your men will fall by the sword. Your warriors in battle. The gates of Zion will lament and mourn. Destitute, she will sit on the ground. In that day, seven women will take hold of one man and say, We will eat our own food and provide our own clothes. Only let us be called by your name. Take away our disgrace. In that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land will be the pride and glory of the survivors in Israel. Those who are left in Zion, who remain in Jerusalem, will be called holy all who are recorded among the living in Jerusalem. The Lord will wash away the filth of the women of Zion. He will cleanse the bloodstains from Jerusalem by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of fire. Then the Lord will create over all of Mount Zion and over those who assemble there a cloud of smoke by day and a glowing of flaming fire by night over all All the glory will be a canopy. It will be a shelter and shade from the heat of the day and a refuge and hiding place from the storm and rain. Thank you, Laura. Well, good morning. Kim Kardashian was robbed last Sunday night in Paris in a hotel And masked men came in and bound her up and stuck her in the bathroom and took, one of the things they took is her $4 million ring, 20-carat diamond ring, uh, stole that from her. And then they also proceeded to go through the hotel and find uh, a lot of other jewelry uh, that they stole. And as they evaluated uh, this robbery, uh, the total came to about $10 million uh, that was taken away from her last uh, Sunday night. First service, uh, I was praying over Kim, because uh, this really is a terrible thing um, that took place. And then I learned in between services, uh, apparently, uh, this thing was staged. And uh, 
the show is canceled and all of it was made up uh, for insurance money and things of that nature. And so in the middle of all of this beauty and glory, uh, all stripped away from Kim Kardashian. The Lord's doing that with his people. The Lord is dealing with Israel and he's taking a look especially at their pride especially at all that they're placing their trust in other than Him. And His righteous judgment will be to humble His people, to strip away all that they're putting their trust in, all the outward adornment, trying to look beautiful on the outside. But the reality is they're ugly to the core. And the Lord is trying to expose that. The Lord wants to redeem His people He desires that they would repent and turn from their sinful ways. And the truth is, the Lord wants His people and He wants us to know real beauty, to have a life filled with real beauty. And that can only be found in Him. So let's pray that this morning, that we will, through His Word, understand real beauty and what that looks like in our lives. Let's pray. Father, I just pray this morning... uh, through your Holy Spirit, that you would minister through me to the hearts of this dear body, that you would show all of us what real beauty looks like. Father, forgive us. Forgive us for seeking outward adornment, trying to look Christian, and yet our insides are ugly. Father, forgive us for that. Cleanse us and wash us and give us real beauty. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you do give us a beautiful life as we follow you, as we receive from you and you alone. In your beautiful and precious name, amen. Well, the community is all about taking selfies here in Israel. And while they're taking their selfies, they're, they're stepping upon the homeless in the road. They have no care about the widow and the orphan and the poor. Their glory is all in themselves. Last week we saw in chapter 3, verse 15, the Lord is going to deal with this. And he says this, What do you mean by crushing my people and grinding the faces of the poor, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. His righteous judgment is going to extend both to the men of the community, and what we're going to see this morning is that it also extends to the women of the community. They're both caught up in this pride in this trust in other things, and this incredible arrogance, and they could care less about everybody else, and they want all of the glory for themselves. Look at me. God is nowhere in the picture, and so he's going to deal with them. It would appear that there's a wealthy class of women in Israel at this time that were hotties. And they're even thanking, they're even thanking Isaiah for calling them hotties. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm not calling you hotties. You are haughty, H-A-U-G-H-T-Y, haughty, not hotties. And they were stunned by this. They were filled with pride. How dare you not think of us as hotties? Look at us. We are beautiful on the outside. Look at all that we have. And he's dealing with them. They were women with outstretched necks. It has the idea that I'm above you. I look down upon you poor person. It must be so hard to be so unattractive. They had no concern for others. 
And the Lord is going to humble them. All of the outward adornment stripped away. All of Kim Kardashian's jewelry stripped away, and now her show. And all that will be taken from this incident, gone. And it will be shame, shame, shame. It was a culture of shame. And to be a person who was shamed in the culture would bring you to the lowest of the low. They thought they were the highest of the high, worthy of most praise. They will be brought low. They will have no husband. They're all dead. They've been killed in battle. There will be seven women going after one brother. It really was the original musical, Seven Brides for One Brother. And look how low it gets in the Scriptures. It says of these women who are being humbled by the Lord, you don't even have to provide for us. We'll, we'll get all of our provision, all to eat, all to wear. You don't have to love us. We just need your name because we don't want this shame upon us. That's how low it got for these women who were looking to have life in their outward adornment, who were trusting in their beauty. And the Lord is exposing all of that and showing this is so ugly who you've become. Rotten to the core. It really is a thing of shame. There will become branding instead of beauty. The outcome is you're going to be turned over to the tragedies of exile and abuse, trusting in all that is outward, and yet it's death and it's ugly before the Lord. And so the question for us this morning is, well, what does real beauty look like before the Lord? What does he have in mind for his people to be a beautiful people before him? Let me show you actress Lupito Nyong'o. Lupito was, uh, and she is an amazing actress. You might remember in 2014 she got an Academy Award as Best Supporting Actress in her role for 12 Years a Slave. It's a powerful movie. You should see it. But Lupito really struggled in her, in her young age just thinking she was not beautiful at all had a real self-hatred. Everything she would see on television and in the movies, she would see all of these light-skinned people. She was a woman of faith, and she'd actually pray to God, God, if I treat my sister better, if I don't steal sugar cubes from the cupboard, would you give me light skin so that I can be beautiful? And God didn't answer her prayer. And she kept going through this struggle of this this thing with beauty, outward beauty. And her mother would tell her she's beautiful, but you know, all mothers tell you you're beautiful. But then her mother finally said something to her that caught her heart. She said, listen, my dear daughter, you cannot eat beauty. It does not feed you. And it plagued her. What does she mean, I cannot eat beauty? And she finally realized that beauty was not something that she could acquire or consume. She said, I started to realize it was something I had to be. And what my mother meant when she said, you can't eat beauty, was that you cannot rely on this outward beauty, that that is what sustains your life, that that is what feeds your soul. 
It's nothing but emptiness, and you really do feel ugly inside when you're looking to that. Real beauty coming from the inward person. And before the Lord, real beauty coming from a heart that is changed and conformed into his image. That's real beauty. You know what, guys, as we talk about this passage this morning, you might think that it's just for women. A lot of beauty talk, a lot of jewelry talk going on here, Richie. Let's move on. But the Lord is dealing with us men as well. He really does. He wants you to be beautiful men in Him. And I know that's going to take some extra time with some of you guys out there. But He wants you to be beautiful men. Not just the women. Us together as children of God that we are beautiful in His sight. And that He makes us that as we receive from Him. As we allow Him to change us from the inside out and understand where our real beauty comes from. You see, in this passage, many have suggested, and I really believe this is going on as well, many have suggested that this passage, as it's speaking about the daughters of Zion, that it's speaking about Israel as as a whole, that Isaiah is giving us imagery here about Israel, that they are a people who on the outside... They sure are trying to look Christian, and they do look it. They have all this outward adornment going on and what's taking place in their life. And so that Isaiah is speaking to the nation. And you know what? I think that's true. I think he's speaking to a real situation with some wealthy women in the community, and I think he's giving us the bigger picture of the nation as a whole, trying to be outwardly adorned. And yet the Lord is saying we are so ugly on the inside and all that's going on with us. There is no beauty. God does not see this as beautiful. You say you have have the word of the Lord. You say you're God's chosen people. You say you have the temple. You say you have all this. God does not see that as beautiful. Remember when Jackson brought us the beginning of Isaiah? And right in the beginning, he's dealing with the people and how they think their sacrifice is pleasing to God. They're coming to church every Sunday. They're singing the songs. And yet they hate their neighbor sitting next to them. They don't care about the poor and oppressed. And what he says in chapter 1, verse 11, he says, You're bringing me these multitude of sacrifices. I hate it. It's ugly. Your incense is an abomination to me. That's not real beauty. What you're doing here, offering your sacrifices, putting on the outward adornment. I want your heart. I want your heart. Surrender it to me. Let me change you from the inside. Let me make you into a beautiful people. And so God is dealing with Kim Kardashian. God is dealing with those who put in all their trust in these things, this money, all this outward beauty, glorifying our own image, and He's stripping it away. This righteous judgment that's coming about. He's going to expose their sin very clearly to them. And He's going to bring again His righteous judgment. And what I've been telling you for the last several weeks And you cannot forget this. You can't miss it in the middle of Isaiah because there's all this judgment in Isaiah and it's heavy. 
God's judgment is always meant to be redemptive. It's always meant to deliver His people. It's meant to bring them out of that and into life with Christ. And a life with a loving Father who longs to make you and give you a beautiful life in Him. The only place truly where we can find real life and real beauty in Him. It's always redemptive. He wants to to make you whole and beautiful and, and form you into who you're intended to be. How can the bridegroom let his bride run off into a path that is destructive for her? What bridegroom would let his bride do that when he knows she's going to be destroyed over here? Of course he's going to go after her. And he does that in this case by exposing sin. He's going to open their eyes, but yet it's full of grace. In 1991, 740 people were killed in an incredible volcanic explosion. Mount Pinatubo that was in the Philippines. 740 died. There was over a billion dollars in damage to that community. There was a military base there. Lots was damaged. People's lives were destroyed. Homes were taken out. And it was asked of a scientist who was part of the Philippine Department of Volcanology, said, how is it that so much damage occurred and so many lives were lost in this explosion, this volcanic explosion, eruption? And he said this, What happens is when a volcano is silent for so many years, and it was silent for for over 500 years, when a volcano sits silent for so long, the people forget that it's a volcano. And they think that it's just a mountain. That's what happens with sin, isn't it? We forget that sin is so destructive. Destructive to our souls. We forget that sin separates us from God. And we think that we can just continue to live here on the island of sin. And that there will be no eruption. And that there will be no destruction. And we get very comfortable on this island, don't we? And we start to rename sin. Well, I made a little mistake. Oh, it was a momentary lapse in judgment. I just wasn't thinking properly. We don't call sin, sin. But you know what? God does. And God deals with each of us in our sin. Each and every one of us has a sin problem. And because we have a sin problem, it separates us from the holy, loving God that we have. That's why he gave us his son, Jesus Christ. To die on the cross for our sin, which we have. And to be raised again and to take that payment that we owe God to take it on himself. And that if we would place that, our trust and our life in him, and say, Lord, take my sin, wash me, he will. And he gives us life. And he makes us into beautiful people. Don't get comfortable living on this volcanic island of sin. It will destroy you. And so our Lord, through his redemptive purposes, his righteous judgment, is dealing with sin and the consequences of it. And he's humbling his people. The more we ignore our sin, the more destruction that comes. We hold on to our pride and we we keep placing our trust in everything other than the Lord, our beautiful Lord. And while we do that, 
we become uglier in our soul. And yet He wants to make us beautiful and whole and complete. A righteous people, a holy people, a people filled with hope and love and joy, a people that are saved from our wretched lives. But He wants us to understand that when we think we're beautiful, we put on these outward adornment, this ugly mask of pride. He wants us to see very clearly that that's not beautiful. And he strips it away from us. All of our stabilization, last week we saw that they wanted to have stable lives, whole lives, and he stripped it away, took away all their leaders, destroyed their community. They're crying out to children to, to lead. They had nothing. God is stripping it away. And he's exposing sin. And he's, and he's having each of us Take a look at our own lives. Listen to the risen Lord Jesus Christ when He speaks to us about what we really are, that He wants us to see what's going on in our soul. This is out of Revelation 3, starting in verse 17. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy, and I have no need of anything... Even you, Jesus, and you don't even know that you are wretched and you are miserable and you are poor and you are blind and you are naked. And so I counsel you, I advise you to buy from me, Jesus is saying, gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourselves and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. An eye salve that will anoint your eyes so that you may see. Now listen to what the Lord does here, Jesus is doing, and what I think God is doing with His people Israel, and how He redeems us. Those whom I love, I reprove, and I discipline. And therefore receive it. Be zealous and repent. Let us be a people who repent before the Lord. Lord, open my eyes to my sin. Forgive me for not even taking a look at it. I keep trying to walk around with all this outward adornment, trying to look beautiful Christian that I am, and I won't look at my stuff. And you say, you don't realize how ugly you are and how much you need me. And let me wash over your sin. Let me forgive you and cleanse you, and wash over you. And when we allow Him to do that, He does. So repent. That's part of our spiritual act of worship, actually, as we draw in and we repent, and we let Him cleanse us. We draw closer to the Lord, don't we? And then what He goes on to say, now listen to this. This is talking to Christians. This is talking to people who are struggling in the Lord, thinking that they have it all together. It's not just for those who don't know the Lord, although it pertains to them as well. But he says this, So be zealous, repent. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, here's the promise of the Lord. I will come into him. I will dine with him and he with me. I will come in and I will sup with you. Listen, you broken, wretched sinner. Recognize your sin. Repent. I'm standing here knocking. Now open the door and let us 
have fellowship together now. And let me make you beautiful. That's our risen Lord Jesus Christ speaking to us, to His people. And God is doing this work. Let me discipline you. Let me refine you. Stop pretending that you don't have any imperfections. Stop pretending that we don't need Him. Open the door and let Him work and heal those imperfections, those areas of weakness. Will you let Him do that work on you? There's a beautiful word in the Japanese language. Kintsu kuroi. Kintsu kuroi. It means golden repair. Golden repair. It's the art of restoring pottery, cracked, broken pottery with gold. And actually to the point where the gold and the, the, the brokenness is, is reflected. It shines through the gold. It see very clearly where the cracks are, but filled with gold. They say it's a physical expression of its spirit. And Kintsu Kuroi celebrates imperfection as an integral part of the story, not something to be disguised, to pretend there is no imperfections or sin. The artists believe that when something has suffered damage, it has a beautiful history, and it becomes more beautiful and more valuable. That's what the Lord wants to do with us. To take this object that is fragmented and broken, this gap, fill it with beautiful gold so that the imperfections shine through. And what happens is that is that actually Christ shines through this broken pot so that the all-surpassing glory of God might shine through. You see, that's beautiful. Let God deal with your sin. Repent. Return. Let Him cleanse you and wash you and make you beautiful. The passage goes on to show, here's what real beauty is. Let me show you. I want you to see it. Chapter 4, verse 2. Here's beauty. In that day, the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land shall be the pride and honor of the survivors of Israel. In that day, all of the filth of the daughters of Zion shall be washed away. The Lord's going to create anew. The Lord is going to be present in fire. And in the cloud, His canopy will be a refuge. That's beauty. In that day, the day when Christ reigns, whole and complete, King of kings and Lord of lords, where He's going to make everything beautiful as it's intended to be, in that day, what's beautiful? Jesus is beautiful. That branch that Jeremiah speaks of in Jeremiah 23. That branch out of the line of David is beautiful. In that day, He will be called the Lord is our righteousness. What's beautiful? Our Lord and Savior. You see, this whole theme of Isaiah, our holy God is mighty to save. Receive this beautiful salvation. The branch of the Lord is going to come and He's going to restore. He's going to make everything anew. You know what's beautiful? His remnant. There will be people, Jewish people, who are going to turn their hearts over to Jesus Christ 
I have my hand, and they're going to come up to the holy mountain. They're going to praise my name. That's beautiful. You know what's beautiful? As he's going to make a new creation out of us. You know what's beautiful is there's going to be this canopy, this place of refuge, this place of care, this place of peace and rest in our soul. That's beautiful. But the most beautiful thing is His presence. The most beautiful thing is His presence. The whole story, the whole love story of our Heavenly Father from the beginning to the end is Christ with us, is the Lord with us. Not only that He's with us, but now the new story that He wants to be in us and He is as we receive Him as Lord and Savior. That's real beauty. That's transformative. That's new creation. It's not this outward adornment trying to look beautiful. It's His work in our hearts changing us from within, making us a new creation unto Him. That's beautiful. You know, the beginning of the passage that we looked at this morning comes with some strong words to women who spent their prideful lives seeking outward adornment, thinking that they were better than others. They were runway models stepping on the oppressed. They glorified in the, in the flash of the camera and focused on self. But that's not real beauty. And you know what? Just a word to, to you, dear sisters in this body, about beauty and what's really beautiful. And also in allowing the Lord to do whatever work He needs to do in you in regards to this area. Because only you know in your heart how focused you are on outward adornment. Only you know how much trust you're placing in in looking outwardly beautiful, maybe in hopes of receiving some praise for that. Maybe seeking worth in your outward beauty. You know in your heart. I'm not here to judge that. There's nothing wrong with wearing beautiful jewelry. That's not what the Lord's getting at. But you know what's going on in your heart. And so I would encourage you to humbly search your heart and let the Lord do that work in you. It's said that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Well, you know, the only beholder for all of us that we should be concerned about is our Lord. And let me remind you, dear sisters, of real beauty from the Scriptures. And even for me as a man, when I see a woman, what I see is really beautiful. Proverbs 31, she is a woman who's clothed with strength and dignity. She speaks with wisdom. Her children call her blessed. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But here's what's beautiful. The woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. That's real beauty before the Lord. 1 Peter 3. Your beauty shouldn't come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles, the wearing of gold jewelry, fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. That's of great worth. This is the way the holy women of the past, they put their hope in God, and that's how they would adorn themselves. That's your real beauty, women. Don't ever let the world try to speak otherwise to you. And we as men think you're absolutely gorgeous when you fear the Lord. 
And for us together as a body of Christ, real beauty comes from the fear of the Lord. And it's Christ making us beautiful and Christ living His life through us. What does real beauty look like? I want to show you a few images as we let Christ live through us. Mother Teresa. 1 Timothy says, Godly women adorn themselves with good deeds. Isn't that the life of Mother Teresa? One of the most beautiful women, I think, that walked this planet. Full of all kinds of wonderful wrinkles on her face. Covered with dirt from the land. And yet, look at her. That's beautiful. You know what else is beautiful? Is this next image. What does real beauty look like? This. Here's what happens when you let the Lord come into your life and transform your heart and make you beautiful on the inside and give you a heart like His. You see, what's beautiful is we go out into the world and we love like He loved. And you know what people see? They see this. They see Jesus. Him glorified. Him beautiful. That's what they see. May we reflect Him as we serve and love this world with His heart. Let me show you something else that I think is true beauty. Comfort. This is after devastation took place. A hug of comfort. A heart that shows the compassion of the Lord. That's real beauty. And let me show you this last image. Our God is a God of reconciliation. He wants to reconcile with each and every one of us that we would be in right relationship with Him. He wants to to have fellowship with us. He stands at the door and knocks. Let me come in and sup with you. Let me offer reconciliation for this broken relationship. You see, when we let Christ live his life out through us, this beautiful lives, this is what we bring to the world. That picture is beautiful. And it's beautiful to the one who counts the most, whose eye is looking upon us and it searches the heart. Not this outward adornment, This is beauty. And so may we live lives with hearts that are changed, God making us beautiful. And may we take those beautiful lives and love this world. Let's pray. Father, again, forgive us for seeking elsewhere, for looking to beauty outside of you. And Father, we ask that you would change us from within. Father, transform us and give us your heart Only you can make us beautiful, Lord. But we long to respond to your refining fire. We long to respond to your discipline and your beautiful work in our lives. Thank you for conforming us into your image. Thank you for your grace that pours out upon us. May we be a people that bring your beautiful grace to this world. In your precious name, amen.